0: Welcome to the Holidays to Switzerland Travel Podcast. Your host is the founder of holidaystoSwitzerland.com and the Switzerland Travel Planning Facebook group, Carolyn Schonifinger. On this podcast, Carolyn will be joined by a variety of guests who share their knowledge and love of the country to help you plan your dream trip to Switzerland.
1: This is episode 16 of the Holidays to Switzerland Travel Podcast. I'm really excited about today's episode as I'm going to be chatting about the beautiful Swiss villages. Whilst I love the larger sw- cities in Switzerland too, I always find myself heading to the smaller villages as I love the slower pace and the charm and the authenticity that they offer. Today I'm joined by Kevin Quattropani, President of the Most Beautiful Villages in Switzerland Association. Kevin is going to tell us more about the association and some of the charming member villages. Welcome Kevin, thanks for joining me today.
2: Hi, hi Caroline, thank you for having me.
1: It's a great pleasure. Now I've known about the most beautiful villages in France association for a number of years and I've been fortunate to visit a dozen or so of the member villages but it was only fairly recently that I learned that there was a Swiss association as well What can you tell us about the most beautiful villages in Switzerland association and and how did it get started?
2: Yes, as you correctly said, the French association is very well known because it was found back in 1982, so 39 years ago. Over the years, several similar associations were created in Italy, Spain, Belgium, Germany, Russia, Lebanon, Canada and Japan. We were born only in 2015, so six years ago. And in 2017, we joined the Federation of the Most Beautiful Villages in the World that now includes the associations of nine countries. So that's why we're fairly new on the market, let's say, compared with the Italians or the French, which were the, the first to start this type of association.
1: Okay. So what criteria do the villages have to meet in order to be considered for membership?
2: The criteria is very similar to those set in France and Italy. That means the municipality cannot exceed 10,000 inhabitants and the village, the historical center, 2,000. The village must be homogeneous and have valuable elements such as fountain, picturesque houses, particular churches. Location is also very important as is its history in addition and must be willing to be part of a network to promote its beauty while maintaining its identity.
1: Okay, and I I've found with the French villages that I visit that the residents really take a great pride in in being a part of such a, you know, a, a, an a, an important association. So I'm imagining that the the Swiss villages um, the residents really embrace that too.
2: It's true. That's why for us is very important that I mean, we do, let's say, I always say we start from the village and go in the world. Like now with Australia, we talk about them, uh, but they have to talk about themselves. Let's say, for example, they do things like uh, this is the municipality that does this, for example, invites the inhabitants to put flowers on their windows or to keep everything tidy or whatever. I cannot go there and say these things. This is something that they want they want to do and are proud in making their village nice for all the visitors that come to visit them so for me it's very important when they speak with the municipality because I go and speak with each village of course before they join that they are willing to do this they are not just doing this to be in a club or Mm -hmm. whatever but they they really feel it
1: yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. So how does the application process work? Can can a village just apply to become a member or is do they have to be nominated by a, a selection committee?
2: Well, basically, a village can apply and we would talk to them and see if they have the criteria to to join. But usually it's our scientific committee on the basic of its assessments that contacts the village's that, uh, that have the necessary characteristics because we know what they have to have. Instead, they don't really know. So they can write to us. We will go anyway and speak to them and see if uh, it's something for them, if they meet the criteria. But of course, if we contact them, it means already we have done a basic check before we talk to them.
1: Yeah, lovely. Now, there are currently 43 member villages, 42 which are in Switzerland and one is in neighbouring Liechtenstein. Will more villages be added over time if, if they meet the criteria? Uh,
2: yes, at present we have, as is uh, well said, 43 villages. Uh, and our statute allows a maximum of 50 villages. So we are close to that number. But it's not excluded that this number will be raised in the future, as already happened in Italy and Spain. For example, Italy has now over three fa- uh, 300 villages. Uh, of course, they've, be go- they've been going for 33 years and they're much bigger than Switzerland. But still, when they started, they had a maximum of 30 villages set. So things could change. So and the- we will never get to big numbers because in Switzerland, there are a total of about 2,000 municipalities. So mm-hmm. there would be no point in having all of them in, of course. So I w- I would say in a range... I mean, anyway, under under 100, but I think 70 okay. probably yeah. would be anyway the max. It's not a case of numbers, but of quality. And Switzerland being very, relatively small, I think between 50 and 70 could be a good number.
1: Mm-hmm. Great. The member villages are located all over Switzerland and in and in each of the four different language speaking areas of the country. So I'd like to put you on the spot a bit and just ask you, can you just pick one village from each of the different language areas and, and share some interesting facts about it?
2: Yes, as you said, we have the, uh, Switzerland is small, but still we have four speaking languages region. And at present, we have 17 of our villages are in the French-speaking part of Switzerland, 15 in the German-speaking part, Four in the Romance-speaking part and six in the Italian-speaking part, plus the one in Liechtenstein where they speak German in Liechtenstein. And um, by the way, Liechtenstein is a very sm- small country. It has a total of 30 8000 inhabitants and it has only seven municipalities so basically there we will never have more than one village because <laughs> it would be having half of the villages in anyway for the french part of um, switzerland i could um, an interesting village is seillon in valais uh, it's famous for its thermal waters which uh, with, a, with uh, they have a completely new spa which includes a hot river of 37 degrees uh, you can swim in so this is very interesting. And um, let's say the most firmer, uh, famous person of Seillon of, uh, is uh, Fariné, which was a faker. He printed fake money, but for mm-hmm. the poor. So a kind of Robin Hood he used to, okay. uh, for the inhabitants of, uh, this was back in the 18, uh, 1800s, uh, he used to forge uh, false uh, uh, money to give to the poor uh, to, I- to be able to buy some some food and stuff. So that's why they call him the Robin Hood of uh, Switzerland. And there is now a very interesting museum uh, totally dedicated to him, the Farinay Museum. So, I, I also, I'm very into the special museums we have. Uh, of course, in a village, you will never find the Louvre or El Prado like in Madrid or in Paris. But you have, you have very small and special uh, museums that very often you find only in that village. And so, this Farine one is very interesting. Then, for the German part, uh, I could speak of Gersau on Lake Lucerne. First, because I think Lake Lucerne is quite loved also in Australia. So it's a typical destination, Lucerne. And Gersau, it's only 30 minutes from Lucerne. And up to 18,017, actually, Gersau was an independent republic. So it wasn't part of Switzerland. And then it joined Canton Schwyz in 18,017. So it was the last to, to join Switzerland. And it lies at the foot of Mount Rigi, which maybe you know, it's uh, quite famous, uh, where the first European rack railway was built. So to go up there, Rickenback built this rack railway. And uh, another interesting thing I actually just learned last week, and we are going to put it in our guidebook that is coming out uh, this summer, is that uh, there is a local textile mill in uh, Gersau called Swiss Silk, and they made the carpet for the Oval Office, of uh, mm. the time of Mr. Obama, of President Obama of the United States, oh, he bought this wow. carpet in Gersau. So it's nice to to know the 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 seal of the United States of America was done in uh, in Gersau. and yeah, I just it's learned that a
1: tiny village in Switzerland. It's, it's a tiny village, yeah, yeah,
2: that uh, has quite a a history. All in all, then for the Romance part, which actually is spoken only from zero point three percent of the Swiss population, so. It's a language really spoken only in some valleys in Graubünden, in Canton Graubünden. Uh, there we have Chlin, which is in the low, lower Engadin. Probably Engadin is, mm, you know it for St. Moritz. St. Moritz is in the upper Engadin, but actually the most, uh, Let's say uh, the upper Engadin is now very touristic, very uh, big hotels and stuff. Instead, the lower Engadin is very authentic, not so not so well known. But this place, Chlin, it's actually at the border with other two countries. So if you open, I always say, if you open your window in the morning in Chlin, you can see three countries. You can see Switzerland, you can see Austria and you can see Italy. So this makes it quite uh, um, extraordinary. Plus, uh, they do the Chlin beer, a beer in Chlin, which is one of the best in Switzerland. It's not, let's say, like Heineken that you can find everywhere, so you have to really look for it. But you can buy it also in co-op or in, or in, or in some other uh, sto- sh- shops in Switzerland, in who I don't drink beer but people that drink beer say it's very it's one of the it's, it's one of the best ones and actually they also uh, it's called uh, Chilin is called the Engadin bread basket because they really have all the cultivation there and they do the uh, the beer on the spot for the Italian part of Switzerland which is the part I come from because I come from Lugano in Ticino uh, I would say Bosco Gurin It's uh, the highest village we have in our canton at 1,500 meters, uh, but it's less than one hour from Ascona, uh, which is on Lake Maggiore. So in Ascona, you find palm trees, and it's very Mediterranean. And in less than one hour, you get to Bosco Guri, when you find pine trees and uh, quite cold I was there last week it was minus 18 degrees so it's extraordinary this difference in just less than one hour how you pass from Lake Maggiore and the palm trees to the pine trees of Bosco Goring and this village was founded by the ancient uh, Valser people which are very, let's say, uh, people here look up to this Valsa population uh, because they were very, a bit like the Vikings, like a sort of Vikings for us in Switzerland. So these are the four villages for the four region. Basically, all of our villages has, have interesting stories and stuff, but I just picked one for each uh, region.
1: Yeah, no, that's great. So I think, as you just said, one of the great things about all the member villages is that, whilst obviously they're all beautiful they're all quite different as well there are are villages with fortified walls um, mountaintop villages some that sit beside a river what are some of the other differences that that make each of the villages unique
2: yes this is something the whole world recognizes such a diversity in a nation as small as ours Uh, Basically, you can cross Switzerland from north to south in three hours and from west to east in five hours. So (laughs) Australia is something else. But uh, with the change of of the language region, which, which can often take place just in a few kilometers, the language, the religion, architecture, food... Climate, basically everything or almost everything can change. Uh, for example, on the lake of Bienne, Biel, we have three member villages La Neuville, Le Landeron, and Erlach. Two are in the same canton, the canton of Bern, but speak two different languages. The third one, uh, Le Landeron, is in another canton, Neuchâtel, and has another religion. These villages really border each other, so they are only a few kilometers apart, but they are so. Different. So this is probably the place where you can really experience this difference in uh, food, in architecture, in language, in religion, on foot. Because you can really, I did it, you go on foot from one village to another and everything changes. Also the name, how they call the mayor, for example, here we have so many uh, in the same language, in French or in German or in Italian, different ways of saying uh, Mr. Mayor you know, like uh, il sindaco in Italian or il podestà or gemeinde president, gemeinde. Uh, We have so many ways and in the same language speaking region, they still have four or five different ways of saying mayor, for example. So it's really very full of diversity.
1: Yeah, so it's incredible. Within, within a, you know, a few minutes, you can be hearing all these different ways to say the same thing and experiencing different cuisine, different cultures.
2: Exactly. Different
1: language, yeah. Amazing. Exactly. Yeah. Now, one thing I did mean to ask you before when we talked about uh, how villagers go about applying for membership, is, is there a, a process where they, I don't know, not, not get retested every year, but do they need to um, obviously, you know, is there some, some process to make sure that they're keeping up with, with all the, the criteria?
2: Good, uh, good question. Let's say we are m- m- less strict than in Italy or in France, for example, where if a village just decides, I don't know, to move a lamp post, they have to ask the the permission to the association. We are not like that, but of course, we uh, if there's something that they change we don't like, we write to them. And for example, so a a new parking somewhere we find it's not good for cars or whatever, we write to them and say, look, for us, this is not good. If you go on with this, you could lose your membership. So we really look at what happens uh, there and i don't know in um, in australia but for example in switzerland in the past 10 years there's been a lot of um, of uh, municip- municipalities that uh, spring together and found a very big municipality so that's a problem because uh, of course the village remains the village but if the village is part of other 20 30 villages and then the center of power is very apart from this village it loses a bit of uh, the contact so, uh, we really urged them not, let's say, to, uh, to enter in such a big, uh, f- fusion of uh, villages. Or actually, we just had one that went off under a big city, Neuchâtel, which for us is a big city, uh, 40,000 inhabitants. Uh, Valangin, in the French part, is now actually part of the municipality of Um, of Neuchâtel but as they are very far apart in the sense they are in the middle of nowhere you you don't see the city from uh, Valanger at all Uh, we change the criteria to say when they join they have to be one village with a maximum 2,000 inhabitants in the center etc but if something happens over the way and they go under a bigger city, they can maintain their status if they do certain things. So we, we have to change that because in Switzerland we are going in that direction. And maybe in 10 years time, there won't be any village in the sense of a village uh, equals a municipality. The village will be the village, but maybe more Ascona, for example, where you went, could mm-hmm. be on the Locarno. So uh, as a municipality, it could be a bigger, uh, big, bigger numbers.
1: Bigger region yeah that's right and i guess you have to like you want you want the history and the authenticity of the villages to be preserved but you don't want to um you know m- let them miss out because they which is often out of their control they have to join a larger mu- municipality
2: exactly in some cantons it's really the canton that pushi- pushes the villages to join themselves together so let's say they're not obliged but if they don't do so they lose money (laughs) so sometimes they do this but for us it's always important to have a person in charge of the village not it won't be the mayor but it will be a person uh, designated from the new city or the new uh, big village uh, that is uh, uh, that is in charge only of this village that is member of our association
1: okay all right, so if you, can I put you on the spot again and ask you if you had to choose one, only one village, as which is your favourite? Uh, which one would you tell me?
2: Uh, so I, I get this question asked quite a lot of times <laughs> and uh, the thing is I, ca- I cannot really say because then the other villages are not happy. <laughs> yeah. I, what I can say is for me personally, I really love uh, villages that are not well-known that are really, um, really villages because we have bigger and smaller ones. So generally I'm into smaller ones, which it doesn't mean I've, I've been to Australia. I love Sydney. So, but let's say when I look for something authentic, something like this, I really look for small places. So for me, for example Chlin which I mentioned earlier where they do the beer and where you can uh, open your window and see other countries and stuff but you are really in the middle of nowhere. I really like that village of Bosco Gorin of the Valsa population. I find it very authentic and especially let's say if you go in low season it's really you by yourself with a local population. This is difficult to achieve in Ascona or in places which are very nice but the season is basically the whole year. So they're all nice, but I'm, uh, I'm more into the smaller ones.
1: Yeah, that's fair enough too. Well, thanks so much, Kevin. It's, it's been really great to chat with you today and, and learn more about the association. And I, I think many of the listeners, um, yeah, w- would be really interested to, to visit some of them in the future.
2: I hope so. And we will be very happy to welcome them and thank you for this very interesting conversation.
1: No, it's my pleasure. But yeah, it it certainly sounds like there there's villages that would appeal to everyone, whether they're interested in history or architecture or just want to adv- admire the the beautiful scenery. I've only uh, managed to visit four of the uh, most beautiful villages in Switzerland, so I'm now making it my mission to visit them all in the next few years. So personally, I hope you don't add too many more in a hurry because <laughs> it's going to take me longer to get to them all. But um, I'm sure, like me, you, you've you inspired all our listeners to um, to include some of the villages when they travel to, to Switzerland too.
2: I really hope so. And I'm really, um, I, I know that we have really a village for everybody because as we spoke earlier, they are so different, but they have something in common. So you can really find something for people like me that like uh, smaller villages in the middle of nowhere, but also some more jet set village like Ascona, for example. For us, it's a good or Gruyere. I think everybody knows about Gruyere and the cheese and also the specialities you can eat there, the cahier chocolate. It's, uh, there's really something for, for everybody, really.
1: Absolutely. Now I'll link to your website and also um, to your social media pages because I have been following uh, your Instagram page and, yeah, it's just amazing. that The photos on there are incredible. So as I said, I'll put those links in the show notes for um, this episode and also a link to the article that I wrote recently about the villages where, as you know, I covered uh, 15 of oh, yeah. the villages, one, nice one, from, one from each of the, um, the cantons. Uh, So they can all be found at holidaystoswitzerland.com forward slash episode 16. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Until next time, take care and keep those Swiss travel dreams alive.
0: Bye for now. Thank you
2: and see you soon in Switzerland. Thank you so much for listening.
0: For more great resources on planning a trip to Switzerland, make sure you visit holidaystoswitzerland.com where you'll find trip planning tips destination guides, information on transport, including Swiss rail passes, and much more. You're also encouraged to join the Switzerland Travel Planning Group on Facebook, where you can ask questions and chat to other past and future travellers to Switzerland. You'll find show notes from today's episode at holidays switzerlandcom forward slash podcast, and be sure to subscribe to the Holidays to Switzerland Travel Podcast so you never miss an episode.